0: Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the Fire of Talk podcast with your host, Skits M. Jones. I am your host, Skits M. Jones, and I am accompanied at the moment by my cat, Kobe. So if you hear all sorts of weird rustling, uh, meowing, purring, or what have you, uh, that's because the cat doesn't want to leave me alone, which is, I mean, not the worst problem to have. She's so darn cute. Uh, Anyway, let's kick off the episode the way we always do, with a look back at recent events and a look forward at what is to come. Uh, First up, uh, November 30th, that was this past Saturday, I was part of Steph's Darling Parlor at the Elbow Room. It was a huge lineup of folks, I'm not going to list them all, but I want to give special thanks to Steph Churraska for having me out And letting me close out the night to be the final performer at a Steph's Darling Parlor show at the Elbow Room. That's fucking wild. A huge honor. Um, I'm very flattered to have gotten that spot. Um, It's not the final Steph's Darling Parlor. Uh, It's just the final one at the Elbow Room as the Elbow Room is closing its doors in December. Um, So yeah, the whole night was full of killers, top to bottom. A few folks had to drop out last minute, and the folks who, like, jumped on day of, they had great sets as well. Like, everyone crushed. Everyone did very well. It was rough at points uh, because there was music happening downstairs the elbow room, which bled up into the upstairs a little bit, and there were some bar patrons who were just, like, having their Saturday night, so they were not there for the show, and you kind of had to, you know, wrangle them or talk over them or whichever was going to work, but Uh, Everyone did fantastic, um, and I don't feel like it hindered my set at all, which I was happy about. Uh, I do want to shout out uh, Pratik Srivastava, who had a a great set and is actually recording his album uh, at the the Bug House Theater this coming Saturday, which you should check out if you can. Um, We had Pratik on uh, Game of Microphones a while back, and he's a super nice dude in addition to being very funny we bullshit about uh pro wrestling a little bit side note a lot of comics fucking love wrestling fucking love it uh so yeah go check out his taping and then uh check out what Steph Darling Parlor and Steph Jraska uh and Chardar uh, Char Darling uh productions check out everything that's going on there because Steph Darling Parlor next big stop that's announced is uh edinburgh fringe festival in scotland so that's fucking awesome uh so yeah check out all those things uh december 2nd this past monday uh i went to so emo and i was just riding out with uh chris bong at there was supposed to be another comic with us but he wasn't able to make it so i drove out to the city uh chris bong was booked on the show uh along with uh musician comedian adrian stout Drag performer Mix Bourbon, uh, comics Jessica Mance and Winslow Domain, uh, plus producer Sharon Palm hosted, producer Gina Palm did a set, uh, producer Yaz Bat was just there being awesome, and I took the lotto spot. Uh, I had no intention of doing so. The other comic who was coming with us uh, had had talked about wanting that lotto spot, and I was just going to fucking, uh, I wasn't even going to sign up. Um, but he didn't come. So I did. And so I did a set, um, uh, for, you know, being a, a a last minute doing a five, uh, well enough. Um, but you know, better than that. Like a bunch of us hung out after the show at another bar, shooting the shit, swapping stories, explaining personal philosophies, you know, the usual shit. And uh it was a blast. And I'm honestly grateful to have fallen in a bit with the So Emo folks, because they're truly all fucking delightful, welcoming, nice, all very funny. Like that the Uh Gina, I've I've now seen Crush at So Emo, uh, and that show that I did uh for Mike Stricker and Berwin uh a few weeks back, like Oh, everyone is so good. And, uh, it was cool getting to do another road trip with Chris Bong at that dude is also wicked talented as a comic, a musician, an interviewer, a podcaster. So like, check his shit out as well. Um, yeah, that was a great night. I, I really dig all them folks. And, you know, it, as far as my forays into the city go, um, you know, I've, I've loved falling in with the So Emo folks. I want to get back in the the room at my buddies and, and work with, uh, you know, Dario and all those folks again, cause they're all fantastic. Like there's the Burbs community, uh, is, is kind of its own thing. I mean, there's, there's pocket communities within the community, you know, there's like the Rockford area folks, and then there's the, uh, the Villa Park area folks. And then, you know, the, the, Joliet folks and we all kind of come together uh which I'll talk about in a bit but it's the same in the city you know there's a lot of like city versus suburbs hoopla you know where's better and who's better and whatever whatever um but there's pocket communities within the city and you know the so emo group is one and my buddies group is one and like it's so cool getting to know all of these people and see all of these different kind of uh supportive communities that crop up around certain people or certain groups of people or certain establishments. Um and so that's been one of the most fun things about exploring this whole stand-up thing. And I'm grateful to have been, you know, doing so. Um, another group I want I want to talk about is something that's coming up. Um, I will be at Spot on Broadway in Bradley, Illinois. It'll be myself, Kate Peterson, Alan Ford, J.P. McAllister, and it's hosted by Burt Young. Burt Young, who is part of the uh, Oh, Did That Offend You podcast group that I did the show at Riddles with. You know, that's another crew that I'm like so grateful that I've gotten to know these folks. And, you know, um, they've all been very cool to me and, uh, you know, giving me some great platforms. And uh, so, yeah, it's all just kind of super cool. Um... So, that's what I'm doing December 13th. Uh, December 27th, I will be at Comedy Shrine in Aurora with Desmo Rooney. Uh, I don't know the rest of the lineup yet. Uh, This is the 10 o'clock show, not the 8 o'clock show. So, if you're coming to Comedy Shrine December 27th, I mean, feel free to come for the 8 o'clock show and then stay for the 10 because it'll be a different show. Uh, Otherwise, just come out for the 10 o'clock because that's the one I'll be on. Um, There's something really fun coming up in January. Uh I haven't gotten all the details yet, so I'm not going to uh say anything about it yet, but it's gonna be very cool when it happens. Uh what else we got to talk about? The Burbies. The Burbies is tonight. Um one year ago as I sat at the Burbies, uh I was about six or seven months into doing stand-up with maybe like A couple of shows at most under my belt you know like a game of mics and I think a like a a guest spot on a weekend or something but like I didn't really know anyone I had almost quit doing stand up very recently to that point I felt terribly out of place a bit insecure and I had kind of just started actually talking to people in the scene um And now one year later, I find myself nominated in eight different categories, either as myself with this podcast, that's right, Trash Fire of Talk is officially a Burbies-nominated podcast, uh, or with the rest of the Game of Microphones team, you know, Alex Krockman, Waleed Ishmael, uh, as well as Dave and Patrick Sinker, who own the Comedy Shrine, where the show takes place. Uh, The the categories that I'm nominated in are um, Best Up and Coming, Uh, best on social media, best digital content, that's for the podcast, Uh, most significant progress, most original, best producer, best host, and game of microphones is up for best showcase. And there is stiff competition in all of these categories, like for real. Um, And the way voting works is you rank your uh, your top five out of the the nominee pool that was curated through an earlier nominations voting process, and uh, I'm I'll be completely honest. I'm not going to tell you how I voted in each category, but I will say that in some of these categories, I didn't even put myself in the top five. Like the talent is present, uh, and, and uh, it's wild around this scene, and and the camaraderie and the way that everyone gathers to celebrate each other and the scene at large at the end of each year is like truly wonderful. And I'm so happy to be part of it all. You know, I'm, I'm also presenting a category this year, uh, best open mic. And, you know, mics are a thing that I don't think get the respect they deserve. You know, there's, there's kind of the, anyone can just be an open micer attitude, uh, that, that turns into disregarding of the mic itself. But, you know, everyone starts uh, at, at the mic, and everything starts at the mic, whichever mic it is. You know, no one's getting booked to do 20 in front of an audience without having worked on material before, without practicing, without the the space to develop their stage persona, which, you know, no matter how close to your daily life persona your stage persona is, oh, excuse me, it's it's still a different persona, it's different... Rules and you know different circumstances than just daily life and daily interactions. So, you know the mic is where all that shit goes down. And there, there's great mics. There's shit mics. There's everything in between. There's club mics and bar mics. There's mics to work on shit and mics where you bring your best five minutes because it's an audition mic. There's supportive mics. There's mics where no one wants an open mic to be happening, uh, and everything from the staff and the clientele at the venue to the setup and the equipment. To the host and the rest of the performers, everything plays into what makes for a great or a shit mic or anything in between. And like I said, one year ago, I wasn't shit. I didn't know shit. Uh, half the material that I used to do back then, I've removed from my playbook. Um, you know, this year so far, I've done 31 separate stand up shows. Uh, this time last year, I think, like I said, a game of mics and one weekend guest spot. And that change in, in, you know, bookings would never have been possible without hitting the mics. And I don't even mic as frequently as a lot of folks do. You know, I, I know people who mic, you know, two to three hit, they hit up two to three different mics a night up to five or six days a week. And that's a hustle I'm just not built for. Like I, I have too much else going on. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, I don't even hit up a mic a night and, you know, I wish I could. Um, It's just not feasible for me and the way my life is currently. But anyway, like I'm still excited to present that award. Um, I'm also like, I'm excited to see all of the other presenters and the goofy shit that they come up with for their presentations. Yes, I have a bit. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but don't worry. Uh, Saturday's show, I'll do a Burbies recap. Um, I can't wait to see who wins and what they say in their acceptance speeches. Uh, I, I can't wait to see if anyone else put together a special outfit for the occasion because y'all, I fucking did and I am coming to work that red carpet. I didn't get to put together the Billy Porter inspired tux gown that I had originally envisioned, but I still put together something fabulous and oof, if I had money, y'all would be in trouble. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked for the Burbies tonight. I'm actually uh as soon as I finish recording the podcast, I'm off to go get my beard uh re-bleached and redyed uh for the occasion. Plus, I mean it's just uh it it's the week to do it anyway. Uh, you know, I do this every other month. But uh yeah, I, I'm getting it done tonight and I'm gonna look fly as fuck at the Burbies tonight. So if you're there, keep an eye out for me. I'll I'll be hard to miss. Um Oh, hell yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on to the next segment, which is recommendations. Uh, we're going to kick off with the music recommendations. This week, it was announced that Alanis Morissette is going on tour with Garbage and Liz Phair. Uh I guess it's uh, celebrating the 25th anniversary of Alanis's breakout album, Jagged Little Pill, which, holy fuck, that makes me feel old, because I'm old enough to remember when that album came out uh and have been of the age to have been listening to that album um but yeah it's it's fucking righteous it's a it's a great album i love Alanis. i think they're playing in tinley park uh or whatever the hell the amphitheater is called now uh which that's very cool cuz um you know lawn seats there are generally super reasonable if you can't afford or or don't want to sit in the actual seats cuz the party's in the lawn anyway you know what i mean um now, Garbage and Liz Fair have actually both already been put into the recommendations playlist, but Alanis never has, and uh that's going to have to change right now. I have in the past, mentioned Alanis's song, "You ought to Know," uh, arguably her career uh, career defining hit, um, due to its connection with Dave Navarro, who had been on the recommendations earlier because he played guitar. On, uh, on You all to Know, and it would be easy to pick that song for the playlist. It's a total banger. It's the song she's most known for. Um, I've also mentioned her single off the City of Angels soundtrack, Uninvited, though it was the cover by Dollskin that made the recommendations list. And I could easily include Uninvited on the recommendations list as well, uh, the original version. But instead, I'm going to put in the track All I Really Want. Uh, It's the sixth and final single off the album Jagged Little Pill, Uh, and the track was released as a single roughly a year and a half after the release of the album proper, showing the the sheer staying power of that album. Uh, It's an album which has recently seen life on Broadway in a musical adaptation, with uh, Diablo Cody of Juno and Jennifer's Body fame having written the book for the production, which has drawn comparisons to past musicals like Rent and even Hair Before It. Which, that's got to irk the guys in Green Day a little bit, don't you think? Like, I think that's the type of production they were really hoping American Idiot was going to become. Um, side note, that album doesn't age well. I'm just saying. But I digress. Anyway, back to the point. Uh, all I really want is the opening track to the album Jagged Little Pill. And, you know, it kicked off the album containing all of the hallmarks that Atlantis would become known for. You know, the the harmonica, the Uh, The catchy choruses, the emotionally vulnerable lyrics, the the mixing of like pop and grunge sensibilities for kind of a stripped down, less bombastic sound that still hits. Um, There was no official video for this song because, like I said, year and a half after the release of the actual album, um, though there's plenty of like performance videos and stuff like that. Uh, So, yeah. All I Really Want, that's your first recommendation. Second recommendation, Uh, we're moving on. Now, I mentioned the track You Ought to Know had guitars by Dave Navarro. It also had bass by Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now, Flea is going to have another tie into the recommendations in a moment, but first, I want to recommend a song off of Flea's solo EP, Helen Burns. Uh, The EP was named for a character from the novel uh, Jane Eyre, uh, and Iyer, Jane Iyer, Jane Ear, I never read it. Uh, but it's, it's a primarily instrumental, experimental jazz uh, album. And that's definitely shown in the next track to make the recommendations playlist, which is called A Little Bit of Sanity. Uh, on the album, Flea plays bass, piano, trumpet, double bass, synthesizers, drum machine, programming, organ melotron melodica percussions and he's accompanied on this track by uh stella musgawa uh, of the band Warpaint, which is a phenomenal band i've seen them live they are awesome uh but she played drums on the track and you know flea is widely renowned as one of the greatest bass players of all time primarily known for his work with red hot chili peppers like i said uh but he's also been a member of jane's addiction for a time as well as contributing bass, trumpet, and other instruments to the likes of LL Cool J, Tricky, Slash, Alice Cooper, Johnny Cash, Tom Waits, Jewel, the Mars Volta, Patti Smith, Sir Mix-A-Lot, and like two times as many other musicians that that Flea has contributed to. Um, You could argue he's the stabilizing force in the historically tumultuous Red Hot Chili Peppers, and he's also made appearances in, as uh, an actor. He played Needles in the Back to the Future franchise. He was one of the nihilists in The Big Lebowski. He uh, played Donnie Thornberry doing voice work in the animated series and films around the, the, the Wild Thornberries franchise. And most recently, he showed up in the film Queen and Slim, which brings us to the movie recommendations. Um, Queen and Slim was fucking fantastic uh the movie stars uh daniel Kaluuya of uh, get out and black panther fame um uh, newcomer jodie turner smith in her first like major starring role uh it was helmed by director melanie matsukas uh making her film debut after a long career of commercials music videos and and tv directing and it features a script by lena waith uh now waith is a, a chicago native so that's pretty awesome who created and, and wrote the Showtime series The Shy, which was produced by uh, rapper and actor Common. Um, Waith was a, a co-star of the Netflix series Master of None, which that first season was fucking fantastic. Um, uh, Waith was a producer on the film Dear White People, which is also fantastic and spawned a Netflix series of its own. Um, and... Uh, Waith also appeared in the movie Ready Player One, which is generally uh, one of, uh, it was a, a, a huge blockbuster movie. Uh, Waith is, is generally one of the most prominent voices of marginalized folks in Hollywood today. Uh, being, you know, black, queer, and a woman, uh, as a producer, she makes a point to lift up others who would otherwise not find purchase in the typical Hollywood landscape. Um, so Wraith is awesome and I'm, I'm thrilled that this was like the first, uh, major like script to, to hit the cinemas, uh, from, from Wraith. Um, the performances of Turner Smith and, uh, Kaluuya as the, the titular Queen and Slim are fantastic, uh, finding depths in a wide range of, uh, explored emotions, um, and situations and that the arcs of character growth and watching these characters grow individually and as a, a a pairing Um, making this a a very modern and all too real feeling take on kind of the Bonnie and Clyde uh, narrative that was explored in the, the 1967 film starring Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty, which was loosely adapted from the real life exploits of the Barrow gang. Um, And that, that cast the pair as heroes against the police at a time that like the police were just kind of a representation of the man amidst the cultural unrest and anti-government sentiment of the sixties. Uh, this film, however, instead of drawing on like specific historical figures instead through these fictional, uh, characters encapsulates the, the cultural landscape in a country where, you know, black lives matter sprung up in response to the growing awareness uh, and and capturing of evidence of police brutality toward black communities. Um, the supporting cast of this flick is absolutely fantastic as well. Uh, the film debut of Poe's breakout India Moore, a strong performance from Bokeen Woodbine, uh, and a surprising appearance by the aforementioned Flea, who plays an unexpected ally with one of my favorite actors, Chloe Savini, as his wife. Um, I highly recommend this flick. It's Poignant, but never preachy uh, as a, a take on this subject matter, which is an impressive and important balance to strike, you know, and increasingly so now at a time where like social and political exhaustion is rampant because the world is fucking crazy. And so being able to enjoy this movie and have it resonate without feeling like it was preaching at me, um, that was, that was it was great. It was a great film and you should go see it in the theaters. Uh, be aware. It's a longer flick, but like, go see it. Um, so there you go. That's my recommendations for the episode. Let's move on to the final segment, the tarot pull. Uh, this week we're pulling from the, this might hurt tarot deck by Isabella Rotman, another Chicagoan. Um, the card that I've pulled this episode is the King of Swords. And it's a, a card about leadership. Kind of. Um, the, the King of Swords is a harsh and judgmental King. Um, but also fair, honest, and ethical. Uh, if the King is someone, you know, and you, you go to them for advice or direction or whatever, you can trust them to shoot straight with you. Like you will get the, this the, you will get the skinny from them. But if you're looking for someone to hold your hand, um, you're looking in the wrong spot. Like, that's not what this person's about. They are not a coddler. They are just a, a straight shooter. Um, but if you are the king, someone is coming to you for advice or direction or leadership or something. And if you are the type to normally be inclined to coddle or protect or, you know, really... Like, soften whatever message you're trying to get across. Just know that now is not the time to be overly soft. Like, don't be a piece of shit. You know, that's not what I'm saying. But, like, whatever is going on, give your honest, unvarnished thoughts. Because someone coming to you may need the tough love. Like, sometimes you just need to give it to them just plain and simple. Like, here's the thought, here's the direction, or here's my opinion and that's just the straight up honest truth of it. Um, they might not be happy about it at first, but in the end it'll be appreciated because it's what's needed at the time. Um, like I said though, don't be a dick. Like don't be an asshole. Don't, don't be a, a fucking jagoff. Like be cool. Right. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's your tarot pull. Uh, be honest, uh, with, with someone I mean be honest with everybody but like if someone's been you know it if if you've tried coddling someone through something and they're not going well maybe be more direct. Sometimes direct is is necessary. So yeah. Um that's the episode. Uh yeah. That was fun. Um thank you all so much for listening. It's it's truly uh, a privilege to be able to do this, and I'm grateful for all the listeners, and again, everyone who nominated this for a burby tonight, uh, I, that that's so fucking cool, you know? Um, so I need to go, because I need to start getting ready, because if I'm going to look dope uh, for the burbies tonight, I got to start the process now, because, oof. I look rough in the mornings, y'all. Y'all don't know. I look rough in the mornings. Um, So I'm going to get on the road and start getting to doing that. Um, You can find me on all of the social medias at Skitz Jones, S-K-I-T-Z-J-O-N-E-S, all one word. You can email me, skitzmjones at gmail.com. Uh, you can drop a voice message on the anchor app. If you feel inclined to do so, you can rate and review on Apple podcasts, or you could just, you know, listen and turn it off and go about your day. Uh, no shade. Um, thank you for listening. And, uh, as always, you know, keep that trash fire burning. Mm-hmm.